because that's one of the things that really excited me about coming home. And so it's been good to be back. Um, there's a lot of changes around here. The tile floor upstairs is great. Paul's on Facebook. <laughs> so, yeah. I wish yeah, it's a season of birthdays. So it's been, yeah, it's been a life-changing couple months. Um, as many as you know, of you know, I was in Europe for the past two months. And I, was, I spent time in Spain, in France, in the Netherlands, and, and Greece. And I would have never expected a month before I left to have gone. And this is just like our God. <laughs> and, but as I look back... I, I see how God was preparing me in the beginning of 2014 for this trip. And I remember in February going through a really rough couple weeks. I was struggling. I didn't feel like I was using my giftings and my skill sets, and I just felt out of whack. I was too busy, and it was not good. And my heart, since a child, has been hospitality and food and planning events and parties, and that's just been who I was, and I wasn't doing that. And I had zero inspiration in the kitchen for like six months, and I knew something was wrong. <laughs> and so during those two weeks, I got really honest with God, and I just said, you have made me to love people, to care for people, to cook for people, to show hospitality. And you know that I have a desire to do this in Europe and the Middle East and the nations. And I said, I've ex the, ex the community that I've experienced here at Harvest Communities, at CTAS and at the ranch, this is something that I want to carry on. This is something that I want to do in other places. And I just said, Lord, I need a change. Would you open a door? So it was during that time that my dad was in Crete, and he called me one afternoon. And he, he just had begun to share about how he'd been praying and how the Lord had put it on his heart to possibly start a guest house at our house in Crete. And he started researching that and had got in contact with uh, Christian hospitality ministries in Europe, in Amsterdam, and specifically to backpackers. And the backpacking culture is basically nomadic youth who are traveling around the world on. They don't know what they're doing. They're traveling, trying to seek, seek God, trying to find themselves, trying to seek a spiritual experience, do a lot of drugs, get really messed up. And it's a huge mission field. So my dad was telling me, he said, you know, there's this conference, and I want you to pray about going. I want you to go because this is right up your alley. It's ministries from around the world, from Argentina to India to, to yeah, yeah, Israel, everywhere. And they're, they're gathering together to build a network and to build a team. And so I, it was at that moment that I just bawled because I knew that God had heard my prayer and I knew that he was doing a work and that he was calling me probably to, to go. And at first, you know, you know, a month before that, I probably would have laughed at you <laughs> if you said I would, have go, would be going because I didn't have the money. And when I said I didn't have the money, I had like zero. And I didn't know where I was going. I didn't never been to these countries. I didn't know anybody, didn't know the languages. And I had responsibilities that would be irresponsible to go, right? Or would it? <laughs> So I, as, I, as I prayed about it, I, I thought, Lord, how could you call me? I'm a planner. I'm a list maker. I like to be organized. I want a plan of action. And you're calling me to go to this place for two months because my dad had encouraged me, go get an open ticket for two months and see what the Lord does. This conference was only three days long. So 
at first I was like, uh, no, wrong person, this is not for me. Like, I, if you have a list, if you tell me what I'm going to do, who I'm going to see, what I'm going to do, I'll go. And as I began to pray about it, the Lord began to stir in my heart. At first I, I thought, okay, if I go on this trip, I am going to be a nomadic gypsy, eating soggy bread out of dumpsters, sleeping under bridges through torrential rainstorms in parks. And yes, that was um, a, a bad faith moment. And I definitely needed a faith adjustment or a lot, a bit of a faith adjustment. But as the Lord began to stir in my heart, um, I, I, I it just, I knew it was right. And so naturally I, I started to ask the Lord, okay, so what am I going to do there? Who am I going to meet? What do you want me to do? How am I going to pay for this? And, you know, me being strong, like, God, I got to know, you know, you know me, I got to know. And of course, you'll never guess what he said. He said, trust me. And he said, I will surprise you. And so he knows me well. And I was intrigued by that because I love surprises. And so when he said that, I knew in my heart that this was the time I needed to submit and I needed to surrender to his will. And I need to his will for this trip and really his, his will for the rest of my life. And, you know, truthfully, it was taking a risk. And, but it was a risk that was confirmed by the Lord because he'd been preparing my heart, and it also was backed by my parents and others. So getting counsel is so important. Um, but there was definitely some fear as I flew away into that March sunset. But you know what? The Lord reminded me that this wasn't the first time I'd done this and reminded me of when my family and I moved to Greece 12 years ago my mom was pregnant with seven. The seventh, she was pregnant with Christo. So she, we had, there's seven kids, and she was pregnant with Christo, like five months pregnant. And my, we had no job, no place to live. And my parents decided this is now or never. We need to go. And so, and I realized, thank you, Lord, for the parents that you've given me because I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't be going without them. And because they've let, set an example to go, I know that I can do it too. And so I did. It, I did take this risk, and um, taking, the, taking risks with the Lord um, doesn't mean an absence of fear. You know, Paul talks about that a lot. It means the boldness and the courage by the Holy Spirit, and it trumps that fear. And so that, that was so good, because I definitely got over a lot of fears on that trip. And all I can say is that the Lord totally surprised me, just like he promised, and so much more. It was such an incredible journey. Um, I want to share a little bit about what I did. And, Eric, if you want to pull up um, the photo number two, that'd be great. So I was at this conference, and it was basically focused on ministries to backpackers. So I explained a little bit. They're basically travelers from around the world. Um, The interesting thing is you get about 50,000 Israeli young people who hit the trails every year all around the world. They've just finished serving their two years in the military. They've seen trauma. They've experienced a lot of stuff, and they really need to decompress and de-stress. So a lot of these ministries are focused on Israeli young people, so they celebrate holidays. They do Shabbat meals every week. And so it's really, it's really interesting. But you also have people from all over the world. So there's different ministries all over. The point of getting together was to build a network so we could connect young people and Christians from around the world and to build up the trail, send believers out on the trail because it's, like a, it's viral. These people are moving all the time. When people get saved, it's like a virus, and it just, it just goes. It's crazy. So... Um, when, I, when I went to this conference, uh, it was a great weekend. I learned a lot because I had no idea what a backpacker was before I left. <laughs> it 
And uh, so it was an hour before this conference was going to end. Is there feedback or is it just me? Okay. So an hour before this conference is supposed to end, I still don't know what I'm going to do after this conference. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And one of the things the Lord really spoke to me on my trip was he spoke through my desires. And the places that I wanted to go, that's where he opened the doors. And so from the very first weekend, very first days, I met this Australian French family who has a surf hostel on the Atlantic coast of France. And they have surf churches and bars, and it's really cool. And I have never surfed in my life. I have no idea about this, but I just had this desire to go be with this family. And so an hour before... I, this conference is over, one of, someone walked over and said, hey, you want to go to France? They need help. They've had a DTS all winter long, and we have to clean up the place and get it ready for the season to start. And I said, I'm in for sure. So that was how that started. So I, um, I, went, I went there for a week, and then I got to go to this beautiful place, Via Mayor de Monjardin. It's um, in Spain on the Camino de Santiago, which is a 500-mile pilgrim trail it starts in saint jean pierre de port in france and it goes all the way through to santiago and it's the apostle james started this trail in 14th century i believe and so christians have been hiking this trail for for forever and people have been going seeking god now people are walking they're seeking god or they're seeking a spiritual experience they're in a midlife crisis they've lost a loved one and so people are walking, you walk about five or six hours a day, and then you stay in these pilgrim hostels along the way, and you hang out. So these people, they stop at 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, they just sit the whole evening. So what do we do? You talk. So basically, I volunteered at a Christian hostel, and it's the only one on the Camino, as far as we know. And so we would receive the guests, we would make them a homemade meal, and we would give them a Gospel of John in their own languages, which... For, for us, that probably doesn't seem that crazy. But for people from South Korea who are coming to Spain and you give them a gospel of John in their own language, they're floored. They're like, what? We had Japanese too. You know, and, and, and they were so blessed because they get a gift in their own language. And, and it was, it's amazing. So the ma- we had such amazing times, amazing conversations with people because people are so, their hearts are so ripe. I t- I've told people, it's not hanging fruit from the trees on the Camino. It's like halfway falling and all you have to do is catch it because people are so open to the Lord there. Um, one of the cool things that we did in this ministry um, you, can, you can go to the next slide. So here's the Gospel of John. Uh, this is dinner, and uh, we would give them the Gospel of John after dinner. And so one of the really cool things, you can keep going, sorry. There's a pilgrim, <laughs> a, a Marine, a U.S. Marine who came through, and he just, this is just the hanging out in the evening. Um, yeah, so here's the Jesus meditation, and this was one of my favorite parts because we have a lot of people who come through who have, exp- who have been involved in a lot of Eastern religions. And so the person that started this ministry um, was a hippie backpacker in Afghanistan on the Eastern Trail, which, shout out to Floyd McClung's book, Living on the Devil's Doorstep. I highly recommend it. It's amazing, um, the story of the hippie trail. But this guy was high on an LSD trip and knew he was going to die, called out to Jesus, got instantly sobered and saved. And it took him a little while to get, get right with Jesus. But then he walked this Camino. And he, when he came to this small village of like 15 buildings, he said, this is where I want to set up 
a place, a Christian hustle. This is where I want people to experience the love of Jesus like I have, the saving grace of Jesus. And so he started this place called Oasis Trails, and he tried Bible studies. He tried different things. Nobody was interested because they'd been to church. They'd heard about it, and they're just not interested. So he tried a Jesus meditation, and it's basically just quiet music. It's kind of like IHOP prayer room, and you and you, you, the facilitator will pray about the scriptures, and you read the scriptures, and it's basically like what we explain is that it's a quiet time where you can let your mind rest and, and for your heart. So we talk about how we believe the, the presence of God is there, and people come up to me, and they're like, wait, what denomination are you? And I said, well, we're followers of Jesus. Whoa, wait, wait, hold on. You're Christians? and you do a Jesus meditation, they're like, what is going on here? So it's so cool because it gives, you, you, you get to experience, these people get to experience the power of God, and it's, it was wild. I, one, there's multiple evenings, but I just remember this one evening where this Bulgarian girl, oh, wow, that's her. That's interesting. <laughs> um, she didn't speak any, very, very little English, and she came into the meditation last minute, and she was crying the entire time. She was so hit by the Lord that she just couldn't even talk. And that's just one story of the many of people who've come through and written emails later of how Jesus had changed their life by coming through there. So I absolutely love that. I got to walk for three days only, but I did 35 miles in three days, so I was pretty proud of myself. So it was good. Um, It was so, because I got to I got to get a feel of the trail, and I walked back. I started backwards and walked back to my hostel where I worked because I wanted to meet people, walk with them, and bring them to the hostel, and that's exactly what happened. So I had amazing conversations with people. And one evening when I was leading the meditation, uh, there was two German girls. They were in high school. They were 15-year-olds, and one of them came up, Anna, and she said, oh, I really, really love this meditation. And she said, I've been reading the Bible in school, but now I'm reading it for myself, and I want to start this back in Germany. And I just thought, wow. Like, and so we're friends on Facebook, and, the, and just like I was able to give her, be able to talk with her, and it was, it was so cool. It was so exciting. So, yeah, that was, it, the Camino is, is amazing. I, my prayer is that I would bring people, bring teams to walk that Camino because it's amazing nature, but it's also such an amazing mission field. So, yeah. And I think just as I, as I look back and even as I process, I think I, I did a lot of processing over the trip, but I think one of the things that floored me the most was how God n- will never leave us somewhere, lead us somewhere and then abandon us. And if you get nothing else from what I say tonight, remember these things, that when, he, when, when you ask him for bread, he's not going to give you a stone. When you ask him to lead you, he's going to lead you well. He speaks to each and every one of you, and you can trust his voice. So when I took my journey into the unknown, one of the biggest joys was not necessarily hearing his voice, because that was, that's ama- but that's amazing, but for me it was truly, for one of the first times, being able to trust his and rest in his voice and his leading, because he never failed me. And every time when he led me somewhere, it was to a good place, just like he had promised. So it was revolutionary. I became relaxed and calm. Um, not every time. <laughs> when we were, when I lost my travel partner and I'm getting on the plane and he's not even at the gate, I'm like, oh, Lord. But, I'm, but he got on. So anyway, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that everything around you is going to be rosy all the time. And it's not going to be easy. 
Um, we do have to carry our cross, and there's, there's struggles. There's a lot of warfare. When you're at the nations, I never experienced the different kind of, like, the oppression that I felt going through these capital cities in Europe. It is so, it, it, you know, praying through it and going through Amsterdam, accidentally walking through the red light district. I mean, it's like, it, it really wakes you up. And so, you know, when going through those hard times, you know, when Peter was walking on those massive waves, he looked at his surroundings instead of looking into the face of the one who calms the storms. So he knows your fears, <laughs> your feelings of inadequacy, and your insecurities. And he still says, I want you. I have a special job for you. I have a dream, and I've given you a dream, even if you don't know what it is yet. And, you know, as I, as I was praying for tonight, I, I just, I know, like, there's so much, there's so much gifting in this body, there's so much destiny, and so much, there's dreams, and I'm just, I'm so thankful to be a part of this, and, you know, yeah, each one of you is built differently, and the, God bro- broke the mold when he made you, but we have different passions and different desires, and, you know, I know that there are people like you, Israel, there's a group of orphan children that the Lord has assigned for you to care for somewhere, someday, and Karis, I know that there's women who've been trafficked who the Lord's going to have you minister to. And there's, Karsten, the Lord has revelations for you to write about to bring freedom to many people. And there are so many in this room who are called to be, you ladies who are called to be mothers because the most, one of the most effective forms of discipleship is raising up the next generation to be radical followers of Jesus. And he's calling the men to be bold and courageous fathers in the natural and in the spirit. God is using the spiritual fathers of our generation to help bring restoration to our natural families. And so I also believe that the Lord has assigned nations to people in this group. And you may know it, but you you may have never even thought about leaving the state yet. But... I, I, my prayer for you is that when the Lord calls you, that you would have the heart of Isaiah and you would say, here I am, Lord, send me. And that you would have the heart of David when he was offered a free sacrifice, but he said, I will not offer my God a sacrifice that will cost me nothing. And so when you know it costs you something, there's a very good chance that the Lord is in that. So as I, as I, traveled around to these different places I hadn't thought much about Crete I remember my dad had talked to me about you know this before I went and I thought I'm not going to Crete I'm not ready too difficult can't handle it totally not ready and the Lord started to soften my heart and I started to have a desire to go there and I was like "Uh oh <laughs> and I love Crete I really do um, and so it ended up working out that that's where the Lord called me we had two other people from this um, backpacking and hospitality ministry who met us there. And um, I'm going to ask my dad to um, come up and share a bit of that vision that he got um, early in the year about our house in Crete. That's a point to where it is that you live. Oh, yes. Can we get that? Can we get that map up? Sorry. And uh, these are are not my notes. Uh, These are actually Becca's notes. They uh, bring me comfort. Because uh, she's my favorite writer, and, and as my daughter, jo- I'm very biased, but my daughter Johanna is my favorite poet and dancer. So, um, anyway, um, uh, before 
when we were transitioning to uh, be restationed over in in, in Minnesota, uh, I felt the Lord speak to me through a World War II uh, uh, a great leader when he he told me it's um, Winston Churchill. He said it's not the end. It's not the beginning of the end. It's only the end of the beginning. And I had to go through that. For I was away from my family several months uh, from la- from the wedding of Johanna and Israel. And uh, in February, I was really lonely and going through this whole thing. Ah, how do we keep this house? It's so expensive and doing everything else. And then the Lord just put this on my heart about a Christian hostel. And uh, I believe it's from the Lord. And, and when I spoke to... Uh, our friends up in Amsterdam at the Christian hostels there, they uh, really got excited. I believe the Lord has given a name to it. And, if, and by the way, if you haven't seen the movie that Beck has been to all these places, The Way, it's called The Way with uh, uh, Martin Sheen. Uh, we really recommend you to go see it. Not only will you see where Beck is, you'll see how people are going and how God is kind of moving in their life, even though it's not the gospel isn't really that that clear in the movie, but it's pretty powerful anyway. And the way, odromos in Greek, is a very New Testament. uh, That was what the church was called in the early church. So we believe God is raising up this Christian hospitality ministry in Hanya called odromos, the Christian hostel. And as you could see, and we've spoken about this before, but the island of Crete is very strategic. It's always been every nation has wanted to conquer it. You could see what we're surrounded by, but uh, it's still the, uh, the, the Americans look at it as the most strategic base for spying in the Middle East, and, that, and I actually work there, and I'm st- I'm, so I'm kind of an ambassador slash minister, uh, and, but spiritually, it's a very key thing, and I just wanted to uh, really encourage people to go back and read the first half of Acts 16, first 15 verses. Um, and you'll see uh, two weeks, ago, two three weeks ago on Sunday morning, Paul, and I don't think you usually invite people to preach during weddings, but he invited uh, uh, Karen's friend, uh, a man named Timothy from Oklahoma City, to preach on that Sunday, and like it was fantastic. And he spoke about Lydia and Lydia House and Lydia Street and Lydia, Lydia, Lydia. And how God opened up, and I never saw it before, but God opened up all of Europe through what happened in Philippi. And, but not only that, Paul was trying to go into Asia, and the Holy Spirit stopped him. And he kept going and going, and he kept directing him to the coast. And then in Troas, he gets this vision to go to Macedonia, the Macedonian call. And so uh, wha- it, it's uh, it, that... Not only did the gospel open up to all of Europe, but it also opened up to where he wanted to go is Asia because Thyatira is where Lydia is from. And Lydia's name means there's an area in Turkey called Lydia. So literally, by he didn't know where he was going, and that's a great word for us. You go the way you think that God is leading, and then he will give you signs, wonders, direction. And, and, and he directed him. And not only did it open up all of Europe, but it opened up all Asia. Well, God has a new Macedonian call. I think it's a European call. It's a Middle Eastern call. But the backstory of this brother Timothy who preached a couple weeks ago, I got to know him a little bit while he was here. And his good friend 
was uh, lived in Israel for years, an American, and was relocated to be my neighbor just down the street. And, um, and Timothy has been there a couple times to Crete, and he really believes that Crete is now the new Macedonian call to reach the nations, Europe. And, and you just picture a lighthouse here and how it would shine out. And, uh, but the spirit of Greece is very strong over this ancient land, very rocky, and there's a huge spirit of disunity, disloyalty, and what, uh, that needs to be broken. Becca uh, experienced that, it's just w something I wanna share because it has to do with our, our healing community. Uh, she was there and she came under a, a lot of oppression again while she was there, uh, and, and, and it was strange. I go, wow, you have a good friend with you who's a partner, because she had never, who was struggling too, but every, a lot of people struggle when they come here. But, um, and, and it's kind of appropriate because we had just had D-Day last, the 70th anniversary, and what happened is, is I, I, I w uh, there was a song by Matt Redman. Uh, I was struggling with this over what Beck and I was praying for her. And knowing my own struggles and my own family struggles, being there and the da and the hurt that had gone on, and there's a song by Matt Redman called "Never Once," and in it says in it it says kneeling on this battleground, seeing how far we've come, st scars and struggles on the way, and a picture came to me from a film of 20 years ago, uh, Saving Private Ryan, where the man in the beginning uh, is going back to the cemetery. Uh, I guess it's Private Ryan. And uh, he falls down on his knees. That came into, and I hadn't seen the movie in 20 years. And, and also, an old recovery phrase came in my head that you ha sometimes you have to go home to leave home. And, and, I, and I really believe that in that, there was healing in, in for me and, and even in, in, uh, from some of my, my family members as we go sometimes to the scene of where things happen in our life. God works in that. I mean, it's not always the case, but... Anyway, so God is working in all of our lives as we step out. And just that word for, um, I, and I hope we could, uh, I haven't seen it on the website for the Sunday morning uh, two weeks ago. Uh, Andy's going to try to find it. I hope it's there from Brother Timothy. But that call to the nations, I believe Lydia House on Lydia Street has that call to uh, touch the nations and 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 support what God is doing here uh, through Crete, through Europe. These people in Europe and in the Middle East, they're without God and without hope in the world. And, and God gave me a, a, a couple words from um, Lydia's home village church, which Thyatira. She went, Paul went to Lydia to open up Asia. And, and, and you could go to uh, Revelations 2 and read about uh, the word in Thyatira, the word he said, and then, then he also uh, had me go to Titus, too, which is from Crete. And, and that word, uh, we'll start with the, the Titus word. He, he, uh, the grace of God has come to us and brought us salvation and has made us into a special people to go show that, uh, that blessed hope to the nations. And in Thyatira, it says, those who overcome and maintain and keep going will... Well, I will give you the nation. So, so we are the special people that he's going to give us the nations to. So may God continue as, we, as the whole world is focused on this area. May, may we be absolutely uh, excited about being um, 
those who would go out. Uh, the, the truth is, we came here for you. Uh, I would never have. I would never come just to leave. There's no. There's no retreat in in the kingdom, and especially in a place like where we're working, where it's very hard over 1,900, 2,000 years of hardness. You don't just do your time and get out. So we came to regroup, and to uh, recruit, and uh, and to encourage people to hear God, to get that that call that God is doing. So, and uh, I'm very excited. Uh, I thank you for your support of Becca. And uh, I, I, just, I know that my family are the ones who are actually doing the work, and I'm very excited to, to just encourage them to go forward. So thank you, Lord. So the vision for the guest house is not super broad, but it's open. So uh, the heart behind it, is to receive people of all creeds and walks of life into the context of intentional community. We were all made to belong. And we all, everyone comes from, I mean, there's so many broken families, and even the families that are together, they're messy. And we need, we need to belong. And, and so the heart is that people would encounter the love of God in a family, in a context of intentional community. And so the heart is for backpackers, travelers, uh, missionaries, people who need to rest and heal. So the goal and our prayer, and we're believing that the guest house will be open by next late spring and summer, and we are taking it step by step, praying that the Lord would bring volunteers because we need a team of volunteers to do that for the first season and praying that the Lord would bring finances. But the cool thing about our area is that it's a backpacker's haven. There's travelers from all over the world. Um, actually, Eric, if you want to show a few photos, we don't want to make anybody. Okay, so this is when I was hiking the Camino. So this was like a top of a mountain. I'd hiked over this mountain. So um, you can keep going. Oh, yeah. And here are some more backpackers. That's kind of, you carry everything with you. And when we were walking on the Camino, I saw that, and I just was like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, if this is not a sign, I don't know what is. <laughs> so, yeah, so here's our secret beach by my house. Um, you hike down, we cliff jump from here. <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, you can keep going. So this is a beach just right by my house. Um, if anybody knows Zorba the Greek, it was filmed fil- right over there. <laughs> and keep going. This is our, our town, Hanya. And so it's beautiful. It's got, yeah, so you can keep going. Oh, that's it. Okay. So, yeah, that's the prayer and is that that's, that's where our prayer is and that's what the goal is. So that's kind of where I see myself seasonally, at least for next spring and summer. And I'm praying that the Lord would bring people. It's, it's exciting because I, I really want to get something started, have it have a life of its own, and then move on to start these kind of things in other places. So I, yeah, in coming back, um, actually right before I left, I remember I was talking with a girl at Communitas the night before I left, and it just came out of my mouth because I hadn't even thought about it before, but I said, I'm not only going for myself, I'm going for you, and I'm going for everyone else around here, because I believe that the Lord is going to open doors and he's going to connect me with people and ministries and I'm going to get to go and I'm going to prepare the way so that you and others can go. 
And so in like in this season, I my heart is to talk with you, pray with you and encourage you to walk into what the Lord has called you to do, help you to hear, to help you to do, if you have a heart for missions, I really want to encourage you, um, if, and I want to, and I want to pray with you on that so in the next days, so I, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a tough thing, and you don't want to do it alone, and, and we need, we all in this group want to encourage you, Paul, and just the leadership here, that's, we are launch pad, and the, so one of our biggest goals is to launch people out into the dreams and the destinies that, that God has given us. And so as you seek the Lord into what that looks like for you, um, get, get counsel, get confirmation, but take risks. Take the risk when the Lord gives you the opportunity to go. And you, you know, it's going to be right. You're, you're, not, you're not going alone. He's going to be with you. He's going to lead you. And also get another thing I was thinking about today is get a friend who you could talk to, who you could pray with, like on a weekly basis, pray, get accountability. How are we walking into what the Lord has called us to do? How are we preparing ourselves? Um, and so I think that there's, there's so many things that would keep us from walking out what God has called us to do, whether they be responsibilities and heavy burdens on our shoulders, or probably the biggest one would be the fear, the fear of the unknown, um, fear that we're not hearing the Lord, or fear of finances, inadequacies. Um, and, you know, praise the Lord that he knows that. He knows, he knows what's in our heart, and he still says to come. You know, uh, before I moved here in 2011, I, I think it was like four or five years before I'd moved here, I started having a really weird fear of flying. And it was not normal for me because from 13 years old, I traveled around the world by myself. It was no big deal. I'd flew from Los Angeles to Greece, whatever. And all of a sudden, it just just seemed like it was out of nowhere. And it just got worse and worse. And I had resolved one day that I would never fly by myself again. And then about, I don't know when it was, was it like a year later when the Lord was calling me back here um, through a lot of difficulty and struggles and I went through such a tough time I was going through a lot of depression a lot of warfare and it was really tough and the Lord was calling me to come back and I said oh but I told you I wasn't flying alone (laughs) and the Lord's the Lord kept working on my heart and said I'm going to be your best travel buddy and I I thought about that (laughs) I thought about that today because I with everything in me said okay I'm going to go and at that place, when I took that flight, at that place of flying over the ocean, probably where I was the most afraid was where the Lord brought deliverance and where I got delivered from that fear. And I'm so, so grateful that through the, because he called me, I walked in obedience and he brought deliverance. And I think that is such an important promise that you get for all of you is when the Lord calls you to do something, you might be afraid, but obedience brings deliverance. And so when he calls you, you can trust that. And sometimes deliverance is overnight. Sometimes it's a process. But he's going to be with you. So, yeah. So I, I'm really thankful to be back. I'm really encouraged to be in this family. And I'm here for you guys. And um, uh, over the coming, t- tonight, over the coming days, like I would love to talk with you and pray with you. Um, I'd like to just go into um, a time of prayer right now.
I, I believe, I think there, I want to pray for two, two different um, topics. The first one is for those of you who know what the Lord has called you to do, or maybe you have a dream in your heart and you know what that is, um, and you haven't been able to walk that out yet. But first, um, I want to pray for those who, of you who've been waiting, and you may have been waiting for what seems to be a lifetime, and you, and you have gone through a really hard time, and you've been disappointed, and there's been pain, and there's been struggle, and for some of you, there's been a wall between you and God, and you've stopped believing that it's ever going to happen. And the Lord is saying, believe me again. Allow me to dream through you again. You won't be disappointed this time. And so if that resonates with your heart, I just ask you to be bold and raise your hand and have people <laughs> to um, lay hands. Um, if you're next to the person, put, lay your hand on the person. I would like to pray for you. So God, I, I just lift up my brothers and sisters to you. I, I know what it's like to be in that this place of not of of not of just coming to a place where I'm like God, it's done. I was there not very long ago, and because of what you have done in my heart and where you've brought me, you've brought healing, God. And so I just speak healing over my brothers and sisters. I ask that your oil of gladness would replace that heaviness, Lord. I pray that you would that they would resolve in their hearts, that they would believe again. I speak hope, Lord. Hope is the anchor of their souls. Lord, I pray that hope would be their anchor yet again. And hope is this, as an anchor is a stability. So Holy Spirit, we ask, we ask that you would fill, fill, the, fill my brothers and sisters with hope, that they would believe and that they would dream again. And we believe that you will not disappoint them. Hmm. God will make a way when there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for you. He will be your guide, hold you closely to his side. With love and strength for each new day, he will make a way, he will make a way. So I just thank you, God, that you will make a way. You will make a way. And I, yeah, and I just ask that just, that even that they would sleep tonight and wake up tomorrow with a renewed sense of hope and faith in their hearts that they that, that, that you're bringing them out of the pit and into a broad place that so you're leading them beside streams of waters and that you are restoring their souls. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So the, the second group of people, I believe that the Lord has shown you what that is that you want to do and where you want to go. Um, if you want to be a missionary or you want to be a doctor or what, what the, the Lord has given you vision, um, but you, there's been fears or there's been things that have held you back from taking a step into that. And so I believe the Lord is calling you to take risks, to say, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm taking a risk, and you know what? 
I might fail. But you know what? I'm going to try anyway because the Lord, because, because if I don't do this, then I'm not going to be fully alive because the Lord has given you something and he wants you to walk that out. So if you, if you know um, that the Lord has given you a dream, a desire, a vision for something, and you have not yet to walk into that, I would, re- I would like to pray for you. So if you'd like to raise your hand, that would be great. <laughs> we have people. <laughs> no. <laughs> not bad at all. Hmm. Yes, Father, I thank you that you have given each human being and each person in this room a dream, um, that something that was only given to them, Lord. And so I thank you for that. I thank you um, that they're coming into understanding what that is and recognizing what that is, even though they don't know how it's going to work, Lord. And so often when you're a dreamer, when you're a visionary, it's so easy to get discouraged, Lord. So I pray, I pray for encouragement, Lord. I pray that for that thing that they have been seeking you for, waiting for you for, but just not quite at a place to be able to take that jump, to take that leap, I pray that they would leap in Jesus' name. I pray that you would bring the opportunities, you would connect them with the right people, that you would open the doors. Lord, as we sang tonight, Spirit, lead them where their trust is without borders. Let them walk upon the waters wherever you would call them. Take them deeper than their, than their feet could ever take them and that their faith will be made stronger. Lord, and as that song said too, is when you go into the deep waters, that's where your grace abounds. And that is, is so true. When you go out into the unknown, that is where Jesus is. And so I, 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 just, I speak that to my brothers and sisters. I pray that faith would arise in their hearts to be able to trust you to take a step. Even if it's small, you may, when there's momentum, then things start going. You can't steer a parked ship. So, Lord, I pray. I, just bel- I believe for my brothers and sisters that we're coming into a new season, um, a new day, and I pray that they would be hearing your voice clearly and they would be walking in it. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Are you any more? That was a mediocre clap. That was very mediocre. We have a friend that's going to Iraq next Tuesday, and so let's pray for Paul Volker. He's going on contract, so anytime you go there, it's not a safe place. This is a safe place. That's not a safe place. So let's pray for Paul Let's pray for uh, courage, and uh, he has a heart to follow the Lord. We pray that, that he'll find people that he can connect with, that can empower him, and that he can empower. Father, we thank you for what you are doing in Paul. We thank you for where he is in you. Thank you that he is at a good place, that he's moving forward in you. He's taking steps to walk closer to you. And we blow on that. We encourage it. We say more, more of your Holy Spirit, more of your character being formed in him. We pray for connections while he's there. We pray for safety. We thank you that angels are servants of those who serve you. 
And so we pray that he would have guardian angels, powerful angels, that would be watching out for him and those he cares about in Iraq. And we pray, are there anybody that need jobs now this summer, that don't have jobs yet, that, that still need to find a job? Raise your hand if you need a, a job. Let's pray for those who need jobs. Okay, we, we pray, Father, that you would supply for your own, that you would give them something that fits them, something where they can make money and, and be used by you, that they, it can be character building. At the end of the summer, they say, God used me. God, God did something in me, and he did something through me. Because of that, it's a good summer. We pray for good summers pray for profitable summers. We pray for good connections. We pray for people that will bless their neighbors and bless their bosses. We pray, pray that no one here would complain about any bosses that they'd have. But according to 1 Peter 2, that where a boss is difficult to work with, that, that you will not be overbearing, but that you will be patient and you'll be humble and you'll be supportive and you'll be a good worker. You'll be a, a, a credit to the kingdom of God. So we bless you in a, in a rich summer, and we thank you for Becca and her family. We thank you for what they've done and what they're doing. We pray that you would uh, continue to give them vision. Cause vision to rise in us tonight. Vision for what you have for us. Vision for our destiny. And that we can take little steps, not huge steps. You don't have to take a big step. You take a little step. That gets you closer. Keep taking steps. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. So we continue to take steps of faith into our destiny. We bless these guys. You're, you're heading out of here in a few days, right? To, back to Washington? Okay. And then when are you getting married? If I may ask, do you have a date or no? I'm sorry. I thought you had a date. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't pushing. I wasn't forcing. I, I thought they had a date. Okay. You want to be the pastor, don't you? Yeah. I do. Yeah, Naomi's having surgery in a couple weeks, and any of you that want to pray, pray for her. She'd, she'd love prayer. So now we like to pray for each other. So you may just let's just spin around. Becca will be up in front. Chris and Kathy will be up in front. Uh, Karen, you be up in front to, to pray. If, if you have an, a nation that God's laid on your heart, I really resonate with this word about nations. We'll have authority over nations, it says, if we endure. So let's believe for that. If God begins to put a a nation on your heart, how amazing could that be that you're actually praying to have influence in a nation? So you can come up for prayer. You can stay here for prayer. Who's doing uh, newbie tonight? Uh, We have somebody doing a newbie meeting. Okay. Okay, Brandon is going to do the newbie meeting. Speaking of uh, what's on your heart, sometimes the Lord just allows a natural feeling. Uh, what you've maybe experienced in the past, maybe you enjoyed hearing a history lesson when you were in elementary school or whenever it was, or you saw a documentary film. Let that natural uh, love or interest just grow. If it's from the Lord. And to pray, thank you. Thank you, Father. And I just wanted to share one uh, prayer request that I made of the Lord um, 
there was a point when I said, Lord, you know, we need help around here, and I don't know how you're going to do this, Lord, because I, you know all the things that I need help with, and I, I just, you know, well, could you send me someone like, like Becca? And, uh, and, you know, that was on my heart, and I had in mind the kind of person, and do you know, was it the next day that the Lord answered that prayer? Because she emailed, said, I think the Lord is telling me that I'm coming, I should be coming back. And so before you even are asking the Lord for whatever it is, he knows about it. He knows how to, like Becca and I were talking about this before, details, details that the Lord is going to allow. So tonight, Father, put on our minds, Father, what you want us to be thinking about. We pray that the desires of our hearts will glorify you, Lord. And as we are thinking about a country, about a people group, of who, we're to, who we are to witness to, Lord, that it would glorify you in Jesus' name. Okay, turn this into a prayer meeting. Just turn to somebody near you. We'll do it. Or come forward. There are people up forward. Want to Becca to pray for you, Chris to pray for you. That works as well. <laughs> 